Are you an adult with dyslexia? Are you longing for more in your life than the constant, relentless push and pull on your emotions that dyslexia can bring? What about those physical demands that require you to constantly shift gears, rethink? Can I do this? Well, my name is Hope, and I am your host. And I understand because I was diagnosed as an adult with dyslexia. And I often believed that I wasn't enough. Fear and shame were my constant companion. Until I met Christ, then everything changed. This podcast, Make Room for More, is devoted to encouraging and inspiring adults with dyslexia to make more room in their life for Christ. You will hear biblical truth that will uplift and challenge you to find a place for dyslexia in your life and let Christ take center stage of your life. Thank you for joining me. When Adam and Eve sinned, God the Father had a choice to make, to let guilty human race die or let Jesus die for us. Our transgression is so great that only the lawgiver, the righteous judge, the one who created us, sustains us, could give his life as a ransom for us to take the sentence of death that we deserve upon himself, only Jesus. But even God had a choice. And he knew that it will take the death of his son and his intercession for us to save us. Sorrow must have filled heaven when Adam and Eve sinned, when they exercised their right to choose whom they would follow. The guilty pair was lost. Therefore, the human race was lost because the wages of sin is still death. 1 John 3, 4. It must have filled Jesus' heart with sorrow greater than we will ever know. For he stooped down in love and said, let there be light. His love for us, his love for Adam and Eve, the human race to come, was even greater than his sorrow. For God so loved the world that he gave his own son. In other words, God made a choice and he chose us. Knowing that few of us would receive him, believe him, accept him as our Lord and Savior. Few of us would live for him and, if necessary, die for him. In Isaiah, I want to read to you from the scriptures, Isaiah 53. And I'm going to start with verse 3. It says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, stricken of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as sheep before her shearers is dumb. This entire chapter, Isaiah 53, should be committed to memory, for it has the power, when meditated upon, to subdue and humble hearts, dead in trespass and sins. It has the power to awaken the soul that's gone adrift 
who questions the love of God. It gives power to the soul who lives between two opinions. The soul that hasn't quite made up its mind to die to self and to live for Christ. The truth has the power to arrest our attention from the world we crave to be a part of. Yes, that is what the truth will do. So I challenge you and I challenge me to read and to meditate upon these truths and expect transformation to happen, for it will come. Yet, one or two things will happen when we read and meditate upon the Word of God. We will choose to walk with Christ as Enoch did, as David, as Daniel, the woman at the well, the one that was caught in adultery. Meaning we will stop playing church. We will be honest about our true condition before him. And we will cry out to him, Lord, save me. Because we have tried to save ourselves and we have failed. We will go boldly before the throne of grace. That's what the truth will do. It will compel us to go boldly before the throne of grace. Because this is our hour of need. There we will find and receive mercy and grace, we will daily lay all on the altar as a living sacrifice. Or we will walk away. Never forget what Jesus gladly gave up to walk with us in this dark, desolate world riddled with sin and sinners. What did Paul say in Romans 5, starting with verse 5? And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly, that's you and I. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet, preadventure, for a good man, some would even dare to die. Verse 8. But God commended his love towards us, in that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now God made a choice to send his son to us knowing that Jesus would die the cruelest of death, would be hated by most of us, that he would endure such suffering that is unimaginable and that he would hang between heaven and earth and that we would pronounce him guilty. Think on this word, benevolence. It's not an adequate word, and I don't think there are adequate words we human can come up with to describe Christ. But let's think on this word benevolence for a moment. The word is a disposition, it's an act of kindness. It's, it speaks of the character of the person who volunteers to do something out of love and empathy. This word, as I said, does not begin to describe why Jesus did what he did, why he came to this earth, why he decided to die for us. But what it does is it gives us a place to start to get to know him better. Make no mistake, when Jesus stood before Adam and Eve, Satan looking on in the form of a beautiful serpent, Jesus made it clear to the guilty pair. Number one, he would never take away their power to choose. Number two, his love for them hadn't changed. It hadn't diminished. It hadn't decreased in the slightest. Number three, he would die for them. And number four, he would destroy Satan. Keep in mind, when he created Lucifer, who lived in an unveiled, pure, holy atmosphere of love, Lucifer knew the love of Christ and not being able to experience it as he had before has driven him insane. He is mad with hatred. 
He has no rest for a moment. He knows no peace, not for a second. He cannot even experience the power of Christ's grace. Never, never. And he is determined that you and I will never experience what he knows so intimately and cannot forget. And that is the love of God. And so when we decide to question this love because he doesn't pay our bills on time or he doesn't heal fast enough or at all, when we question his love when he doesn't give us what we want, when we want and how we want it, when he refuses to play church with us, it is important to stop, to take a step back and to remember who he is and what he has done. Then decide. Is Jesus worth it? Is he worth living for? Is he worth dying to self for? Is he worth whatever you're going through? I have been wrestling for over a year to understand Romans 1.16. To understand why is the gospel so powerful? Why is it the power of God? I think in part, I know because we have been told and I believe that we will be studying the love of God throughout eternity. The gospel is the power of God because it is God's love for us put on display. The love of God is the power of the universe. We can no longer deny it. The gospel which is God's plan to save us is real and it is ours if we believe. I want you to remember something. Dyslexia isn't an interruption in God's love or plan for us. It has been a vehicle in which God has put his love on display in us for others to see. Christ's testimony will be how his perfect plan, the gospel, saved you and me and how dyslexia played a role in our salvation and the salvation of others. So let dyslexia have its perfect work in us. Let it cause us to so embrace the love of God until we will boldly stand and say, I would rather have dyslexia so that the world would know the love and power of Christ than not to have it and not have the power of Christ resting on me. God gave us what he possesses and that is the power to choose. He made the choice. He chose you and I, which meant he chose death for his son, and he died for us. Now is our turn to choose him every day, sometime moment by moment, the life that Christ offers us, or we choose death. I hope you choose life today, because Christ is so worth it. Keep telling yourself the truth. Your love with an everlasting love? You are adored and you are cherished. Dyslexia doesn't take that away. Dyslexia doesn't diminish that. Whether you have it or not, he loves us the same. And he has a work for us to do. Because we have dyslexia, we can reach a class and a group of people no one else can because we understand. Because we know what it has cost us. And if it has cost us, it has cost Christ. Yet he chose to allow us to have it so that his love for us will shine out to others. Let this be our highest calling and our highest privilege to show and put on display the love of Christ to others that have dyslexia. Let us do that today. 
Thank you for tuning in each week to make room for more. If you would like to listen to archive shows, you may do so by going to www.makeroomformorepodcast.buzzsprout.com. Once again, thank you so very much for joining us and have a wonderful week.